you fellow rebels. Keith here with Rebel Civics on the Unsafe Space Network. Today is part three, the finale of a three-part series on fighting tyrants. And for this episode, we got a hero of mine, Lisa Hansen. Last week, we had fighting local tyrants in the school board and city commission. Two weeks ago, we had TC of Minnesota Black Robe Regiment on his fighting tyrants in his state. Minnesota. The three stories here uh, in this series show how citizens can fight and win against petty tyrants in local and state governments. If the citizens present strong enough arguments and in sufficient numbers, sufficient backup from the public, the scheming tyrants are forced to back down. So Lisa is owner of the Interchange Coffee and Wine Bistro and a grandmother. It's a small business in Albert Lee, Minnesota. She was found guilty of six misdemeanor counts after a jury trial January 2021. She violated the Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz's virus shutdown order for her small business. She got sentenced to 90 days in jail, and she missed Christmas with family, her 10th grandchild's birthday, and her wedding anniversary. And quote from Lisa, because uh, in Minnesota you can get out uh, with two-thirds, I served 90 days in jail for serving a cup of coffee. Um, so, Lisa, welcome to Rebel Civics. Thank you so much, Keith. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you for joining. And and so first I was thinking, just because there's a recent update, still in breaking news category uh, of the charges. So I was thinking, just do a short review for that, for people who are familiar with the story, and then we'll go back and do some more details on the story. Okay, so you want me to talk about the breaking news first? Is that what you're... Okay. Yeah, and just briefly, we'll go into more details later. But the people who came for the breaking news and are familiar, they can oh, hear this right away. Right, so uh, yes, well, I was set to go to jury trial again this December of 2022, um, December 12th, to be exact. And uh, with my attorney's help and um, some well-played uh, strategy, I would say, um, we were able to have that case dismissed. So the case is second. This is the second criminal case against me. And uh, with three uh, misdemeanor uh, counts, criminal counts against me, and that wow. case has been dismissed. So thank God I will not be going to, <laughs> to uh, court uh, in December. It, was, it has been completely dismissed. So, and the, the fight good. against that, it's like, I mean, you have to be pretty stand up, brave, standing tall, and very expensive. Like, very spend a lot of legal fees. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. The whole experience, the last two years of, uh, of our lives, my husband and I, and of course our family and friends and supporters, and you know, we've all had a big, huge upset in our lives because of so many things that have been going on. The pandemic, as I call it, um, COVID, you know, the, everything. And, and for me personally, obviously, I have a different story than you know, others do. We all have stories. We've all been through it. So it's last two years has been more than two years now. I really want to say almost four yeah. years has been crazy. And and like all the way through the state level with a lot of attorneys involved and in defending yourself. It's very expensive to defend yourself against the state. It's it's uh it's really in the state of Minnesota, in my opinion, because there is no rule of law. Again, this is my opinion. But from my experience oh. and from folks that I know and from what I have learned. There is no rule of law in the state of Minnesota. Um, that's my personal experience. So when there's no rule of law and uh, the uh, judicial uh, judicial officers, judicial branch, they're playing the game however they want to play it. They've got their each other's backs. There's not much of a chance that you can succeed. 
you know, with that kind of uh, uh, corruption going on. So, I think it's a good way to put it. The expression is, you know, rule rule of men versus rule of law, and that state is rule of men, right, right. and women, <laughs> generic right. men. Right. Right. That's what's going on there. From what I can see from from South Florida, uh, we all know about it here. Yeah. <laughs> this is where G- George Floyd came from up there, the, the new hero. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. You know, and, and I've had the opportunity. I call it an opportunity. Um, I'm gonna. I'll be honest. There are times when I, you know, would have said, "No, thanks. I don't want that opportunity." But uh, it's one of those hard opportunities that we, you know, it's like the you know hard pill to swallow. But it needed to be exposed. I needed to understand, we all need to understand what really is going on in our country, in our states, in our local government as well, not just on a state level. And uh, it's been an opportunity for my husband and I, uh, for myself, to understand that there's corruption. Firsthand, I've experienced corruption um, in all three branches of the government. And, you know, not only are you, so when this first started, I made the really hard decision, and it wasn't my decision alone. Uh, my husband supported me, um, family supported us, close friends supported us, that I, was, I, I would not hire an attorney, a bar-certified attorney. And by the way, I guess not all states are this way, um, but in the state of Minnesota, to practice law, right, practice law in the state of Minnesota, you have to be a bar-certified attorney. And... I didn't even know what a bar certified attorney meant until I started studying and researching it and uh, realizing that it's nothing more than, you know, a, a country club membership, or <laughs> you know, a membership to, to whatever. It's a membership. Um, but if you're not a bar certified attorney, you cannot practice law in the state of Minnesota. And when we first took um, this whole uh, case on, basically when we took the uh, government on in the, in the state of Minnesota, mm-hmm. We, we, we saw what other people had done that were in similar situations as myself, that had civil cases, civil charges against them, by, brought on by the state for similar reasons. And we realized that none of these cases were being won by bar certified attorneys. They were all losing. All of the restaurant bar owners, et cetera, et cetera, were having to make uh, plea deals with the court because that's the way the court wants it. So, it's it's easier. Going to jury trial is more trouble for them. Yeah, yeah. And they might lose. <laughs> yeah. So we decided, I decided to operate as sui juris, um, or some people would say pro se. We use the term we use with sui juris, meaning, meaning I can handle my case. And, and so I had never, I have to be really clear about this, Keith. I had never studied or really been involved in politics. I mean, we did, you know, our pieces and our parts here and there, got involved uh, years ago in some, uh, um, you know, campaigns and whatever. We, and, I, and we have previously, you know, been, uh, been delegates, my husband and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we got so busy raising our family and our businesses and uh, we, you know, thought, yeah, we'll let somebody else take care of that. You know, and shame on us. But anyway, uh, can't change the past. So, Politics, I knew nothing about politics, really. Um, and in law, I knew nothing about law. I hadn't studied law. I hadn't studied, or, or constitution. You know, go back to common law, God's law, and then the constitution, the founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, all written to protect those, com- that common law. Yeah, yeah. And since then, you would, so, so I became, this. I carried this around with me. Everywhere I go, 
I'll send I'll send you a Rebel Civics one for you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's my stamp for Liberty MN one, but uh, oh, nice. well, well used. And um, <laughs> so I knew nothing. Let's just put it that way. So what what I did know is I knew I'm a mom of eight. I'm now a grandma of twelve, almost thirteen. Um, <laughs> and um, my husband and I have been you know so busy our whole lives being involved in volunteering in church, very very involved in our in our local church, we um, have been, and uh, also involved in, um, you know, raising our businesses because businesses are almost, you know, like kids and raising our businesses, successful businesses in the local area. And um, so we've been so involved in all of these things. So if you ask me some questions about things that I actually know, you know, we could talk about that, but this entering legal issues, legal cases, um, learning constitutional law, statutory law, some case law. And in, in no way am I saying that I am an attorney. <laughs> Just be clear, because I've gotten some backlash. People say, well, you said you were an expert in the Constitution. <laughs> I never said that. And so, no, I am not an expert. Um, people like you, Keith, know a lot more than I do about our founding documents. And I still have so very much to learn. Point is, is if I can do what I did and stand up, anybody can stand up. We can all learn, right? Uh, the vast majority of us, um, you know, can learn and and should be learning. So, um, so when our governor, Governor Walls, Timothy Walls, um, who was just reelected, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, my opinion is there was cheating that went on. Again, there's been cheating. My opinion is there has been cheating. And the, why I say my opinion is because, um, you know, I've been really careful and have had and learned that everything I say has to be fact-based if I'm presenting it as fact. And so I say my opinion is there was cheating going on. There are some very concerned individuals and organizations that are looking into it. And uh, there's an awful lot of evidence coming forward. But nonetheless, um, uh, our governor, uh, Tim Walls, uh, did win the uh, generals again uh, this, mo uh, this month, and uh, unfortunately. So when he back in 20, when, when our governor back in 2020 um, shut down our state for the first time, and I think you, got, you know the story, you know, you know T.C., shared it so eloquently and thoroughly for you. So just stop me if I'm, you know, carrying on or if I don't need to hit details that have already been no, not, not everybody knows the whole backstory. And, and we'll, you were originally on an earlier unsafe space right in the beginning. So we'll, we'll add that. I'll add that link to the show notes for somebody yeah. who want that whole story. But yeah, yeah, no. So not everybody knows. Um, we're going to push this out to a lot of people. So there will be people who don't even know yet. So. Yeah, give a history, history overview. And I didn't even know, I'm going to just, you know, highlight that to, to the listeners. I didn't even know about this act as your own attorney thing. I'm going to find out if you can in Florida. I live in, I live in Florida. As far as being a lawyer or knowing about the Constitution, I generally say you may know more about the Constitution than a lot of attorneys. Maybe most. I don't know. Oh, um, I agree I use that all the time when I, because I, what I've been doing for five years, I get into debates with attorneys all the time. And my standard line is, well, I have a huge, they say, well, you're not a lawyer. I said, oh, yeah, I know. That's why I have an advantage over you. 
I said, why? He says, well, I didn't go to law school. I went to engineering school, and I can read English pretty good, so I just read the thing. It takes about an hour, and uh, I, I understand it. I don't have to overcome this baggage of, of law school that you have to deal with. So, yeah, I feel sorry for you. I'm not surprised. And uh, I found at least half the attorneys will either nod their head or walk away. Um, and, and another thing I'll bring up, I'll just mention one more and then go back to your story, but um, you know, the, con the standard constitutional law, they call it. Like constitutional law class in law school has nothing to do with the Constitution. You, you can get through Harvard Law School and have never read the Constitution in your life once. It's not a requirement to be a constitutional, take constitutional cla law class. Used to, used to be a requirement in Harvard Law School and the dean removed it and replaced it with an international law class. That was the last one. So constitutional law is an option. I mean, the constant studying the constitution is an optional class at Harvard Law School. Um, by the by, the way, the dean that did that, you might recognize her name, Kagan. It was Dean Kagan. She's now Alina Kagan. She's on the Supreme Court. <laughs> She's the dean who did that. So yeah, how much does she know about the Constitution? Like yeah. she decided that you can get a Harvard Law degree with it. Anyway, yeah, I think a, an overview of the history, you know, as brief as you can do, but long enough to, so that people who have never heard the story will be, they're going to be astounded. Warning. <laughs> Go ahead. Crazy. Um, you know, and so, so what happened back in 2020 in March, uh, Governor Walls did that, you know, two-week shutdown, two-week uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. We're going to find out. We don't know what we're dealing with. So we're going to find out what's going on. And, uh, you know, out of, so, so let's, so I'm, I'm an owner. I, I own the interchange wine and coffee bistro at that time, which is a small, uh, very quaint, lovely little restaurant bistro style. Um, great place downtown in a historic downtown building, which by the way, I'm going to say this here because it probably will come. We'll probably circle back around to it. The building that my, the historical building that my business exists, existed in, I did not own. It was owned by the city, uh, which is a whole nother interesting case, but the city owns an awful lot of uh, uh, property in, in Albert Lee, Minnesota, which is real interesting. And um, so the city owned the building. I leased from the city. I had a lease contract with the city. So um, a great little restaurant. And, uh, in March, uh, the governor shut a bunch of us down. He shut restaurants, bars, gymnasiums, dance studios, et cetera, et cetera. I, and I also want to point out here, what did not get shut down was things like, uh, liquor stores, uh, big box stores, and amazingly, um, um, strip clubs. I guess that, that's an essential business, right? Strip clubs. Well, you have to keep the people squashed and happy. Like, I mean, the worst in the Soviet Union, they never let the they never let the the flow of vodka be interrupted. Like, they would not do that. They don't do that. Don't mess <laughs> yeah. with their vodka. I have a picture of the interchange here. So, yeah, it's a shame you didn't own a Walmart or a Home Depot. Um, then you would have been allowed to stay open. But yeah, yeah that's the interchange. This kind of a place can't. Right. Can't keep that open. That was uh, um, taken in the evening, obviously, because it's dark outside, but uh, lights on inside. And yeah, it was uh, just a real wonderful little restaurant. I'll just give you a brief description of what we did there at the interchange. By the way, I was mm -hmm. there for about eight years. I was open for about seven and a half. 
Unfortunately, my business is completely gone, stolen by the state and by the city of Albert Lee. I mean, let's, let's you know, uh, give credit where credit is due and let's uh, call a spade a spade. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but, oh, we did we did an amazing breakfast and lunch uh, uh, um, menu, um, coffees and teas and sandwiches and uh, uh, flatbread pizzas and the whole nine yards, a lot of, uh, you know, made from scratch, uh, wonderful, you know, menu options, uh, just the vibe there because it was a historical building. Um, it'd be fun to show some, uh, photos of inside, but you know, the, the old, the original brick walls, the open ceiling rafters, uh, and, uh, the actually part of the floor was original. And, um, this building was over, was over a hundred years old, if I remember correctly. And, uh, it's just a really great vibe there. And, uh, my husband and I have had the opportunity because of our other business to travel worldwide. I wouldn't say we're world travelers, uh, but we certainly have had uh, the blessing of going to so many different parts of the world with one of our sewing machine companies. And um, because of that, we've been able to visit a lot of European areas where we, you know, we go into these little bistros that just were so incredible. So we tried to kind of model our bistro after those. And eventually we brought on beer and wine. Um, my, my son and my daughter-in-law did an amazing job of uh, managing. I always like to give them credit for that because they did an amazing job of managing this restaurant uh, for the time that they were there. So, um, you know, Friday nights, we were open Thursday, Thursday and Friday nights. Uh, and, uh, we, we had live music every Friday night, you know, we'd bring in local bands and uh, musicians and then bands and musicians from around the country, actually from different parts of the country would come in and they would play. We just had a really, really special thing, um, served a wonderful menu on those Friday nights. My, a lot of those uh, dishes were my husband's creations. Uh, he's a wonderful cook, uh, just, you know, one of those lay cooks, the chefs that, just makes amazing food. Um, we we hosted all kinds of events there, Keith, like, you know, baby showers, bridal showers, um, um, receptions of all sorts, um, just fashion shows. I mean, the, you know, so many things. And um, well-loved, so well-loved by the community. We are so thankful for the community for supporting us as long as they did. So great little place right downtown Albert Lee. And uh just, you know, moving along um, and doing our thing and serving the people as best as we know how. And then 2020 comes, COVID, you know, this comes on the scene and Walls says, uh, we're shutting everybody down for two weeks. And so because of the fear of the unknown, we went along with it. We thought, okay, we don't know what's going on. What What is going on? And so we shut down uh, for inside dining. We could still, we were still allowed to do carry out and delivery and um, we weren't set up for delivery We're, we weren't really set up. We weren't set up for online ordering. We, we just, we really fully uh, relied on 90 to 95% of our business was in indoor dining because I mean, when you have a great venue like that, you've got the whole vibe going on. That's what you do. That's what people loved us for, um, to come and spend time inside with us. So, so, um, we knew that we had to make changes and we did, we did everything we could do to survive all of that, you know, we, we, um, upgraded to online ordering, uh, delivery, we, you know, we, we, unfortunately we had to let some staff go because there was no way we could survive because that two weeks turned into two months that turned into more months and you can't survive. The whole idea, in my opinion, again, is to destroy small businesses. 
absolutely. There's beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's why our governor and so many other governors were doing what they were doing. Now, keep in mind, this was a mandate. The governors cannot create laws. This is where people have such a hard time. They, they get confused. A mandate is not a law. A governor cannot create law. That's what we have the legislative branch for. And in no way, if you go through the law, start with common law and go through statutory law and even case law, uh, you will find that there's no way the government had the authority to do what he did by shutting businesses down. Zero. So I began, we knew something was wrong. You know, after that two weeks, it went on to another uh, two months or whatever it was. Uh, sorry, some of this is kind of foggy in my, you know, in my head now. It's been going on for years. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it has. It has. So we knew something was wrong. We said, there's no way. He's not have the authority to do this. Governors don't have this kind of authority. They don't have this kind of power. It's not been given to them. So we limped along. He eventually opened us up to 25%. Wow, yay, whatever that means. And then it was 50%. And then... Towards the fall, or maybe it was fall time, he opened us up to 75%. And all the while, you know, we are just kind of doing our thing, just living our lives and trying to survive, which we didn't survive. I mean, it was really, we were not surviving. I think we were down to two employees. It was crazy, crazy times. Um, I, I didn't buy into a lot of the uh, mandates like masking. Um, from uh, I, from the from the governor, right? Well, the governor. He's the, yeah. he's the king who's not your king. Oh, I love your your right. sweatshirt you have on in one of the videos. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, here it is. Right? The go. governor governor is not my king. I want to get one of them. And that's how he was acting, right? He, he acted like a king. Absolutely. He Tim Waltz, right? Yeah. Remember, remember that name? W A L Z. Tim Waltz. Um, Waltz. And he's, yeah, tyrannical uh, leader. Absolutely. Doesn't people, about the people just wanted, you know, his way. Mm -hmm. So wanted to take. Pe people in Florida know about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody should know about that guy. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, yeah, more people will after this. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> so, so we decided. I told my husband sometime, you know, through what well, was all through the summer. I said, "This is, you know, we can't survive." You know, we we said, "Do we close permanently? Do we can try to continue?" No. If you haven't walked through some of these. Um, some of these things, some of these trials and tribulations, if you will, it's there's there's no way to really put it in context. It's um, just the emotional up and down, you know, never knowing what's going to happen. If you know, if if, if you're going to get shut shut back down to, you know, maybe you're at fifty percent, you're going to get shut back down to zero percent indoor. You didn't, we never knew. You can't operate a business, you know, without being able to project. And so we never knew what the governor was going to throw at us. And, you know, we'd done our study and in, in our opinion, nothing worked, you know, masking didn't work and we don't need to get into all of that, of course. But so uh, we knew something was coming down uh, the shoot again uh, in, in November, the, the governor said, um, okay, we're uh, numbers are up. Numbers are up. Um, what did that mean? What did that even mean? What numbers and, and they're up. So, what's the uh, what what's the what's the groundwork, or what where where do we say um, that at this level we have to shut down again? And where's the science behind that? So anyway, real interesting too. Numbers are up. So he says we're shutting all these businesses down again. 
the ones that he had previously shut down, right? They're still partially shut down. The small ones, it's not home, not Home Depot. No, and not the liquor stores, and not the strip. Well, yeah, that's a vodka yeah. thing. That's and and yeah. my <laughs> gotta have your vodka. So, um, so my husband, um, which that he's on paper, he's the owner of our sew and back store, right? Retail sales and service. The reason on paper he's the owner, but that's my business as well. I mean, we both have raised these businesses together. And on paper, the interchange was was my business. So um, my husband's business didn't get set, shut down. Do you know why? A man owned it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you might be right, because Keith Ellison, our attorney general, who also got reelected for stupid reasons, again, in my opinion. Stupid. I would say, there, I, I think the reason is voter quality. People keep talking about candidate quality, but we got a voter quality problem. We do, we do as well. And so, um, you know, he's this, our attorney general, <laughs> if you look at all the, all the business owners that he went after, the vast majority are women. And really? I wonder if that has anything to do that he was actually has charges against him for beating his uh, girlfriend. That's Keith Ellison, attorney general of Minnesota. Keith Ellison. Yeah, he's also a police hater. He wanted to defund the police. Hmm. And he's Keith the top, Ellison. Yeah. He's, a, he's the top law official in our state, and he wanted wow. to fund the police. It's okay. Everyone. I mean, there's go go dig, and you can find the evidence. But everybody remember Keith Ellison, attorney general, and that Keith ain't no relation of mine. <laughs> I'm I'm quoting uh, no. boss. I'm quoting boss hog there actually. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so um, so these wonderful tyrannical leaders uh, who we really needed to get rid of and we did not this November, um, unfortunately. Uh, you know, so they're shutting us down again a second time. And I had told my husband previously. I said there's no way we can we can afford or withstand or survive a second um, shutdown. So 100% shutdown on the inside, right? Um, and they told us, they said, well, you can, you can have outdoor dining in the month of November in Minnesota. <laughs> that was like a slap in the face. Literally. Does he live in Minnesota too? Or does he live in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they, where do they live? We really want to know where they live in their minds. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're a king, you can say and do whatever you want. So, so, yeah, that was a huge uh, slap in the face to business owners that were trying to survive. Well, no, we can't offer outdoor dining because it's too cold. This is Minnesota. So I told my husband I have one or two choices. And um, I said, we either shut down completely forever, close our doors forever, and figure out how to pay off our debt, or we open up fully without any constraints. We open up. And guess what? We have the right to do that because we're the people and there's no law against us being open fully. So it was not an easy decision. It was one of the hardest decisions probably I've ever had to make. And again, keep in mind, my name <laughs> is on, is on the business. Um, on paper, I own the business, not my hubby and not the two of us together. And so if anybody's going to take, uh, you know, the fall, it's going to be me. And um, so I said, you know, I believe that I believe this is what we have to do. Um, and why? To save the business? Well, that would have been nice to save our employees jobs. That would have been a good thing for our employees. But when it came right down to it, it had to be a bigger reason than all of that. It had to be more about than just Lisa saving her business. 
and and uh, saving the employees' jobs. And, and don't misunderstand there. The employees' jobs were always very, very important to us and still are. Um, we have employees at the other business, right? So the reason I did it, if you, if you just the base reason I did it was because of my kids and my grandkids. Because if we don't do something, those of us that are in our whatever age you are, it doesn't matter. We all have a part in it. But especially for the place that I was in, I had the opportunity. I had raised all my kids and, um, and, and I had the opportunity to make a stand and say, nope, what's right is right. And we're going to do this for our kids and our, and our grandkids because if we don't do it, if we don't do this, what will they have left? We, we won't have a republic anymore, Keith, if we don't stop this and turn it around. I agree, although it's a leading question that we have a republic now. We used to, but anyway, I don't want to get distracted by that. It doesn't seem to be a republic up there in your state. Um, but but anyway, so what so what happened from there? You ended up in court, and or you opened, right? You opened anyway. I opened, I opened on December. Oh my goodness, sixteenth, nineteenth, something like that. Along with a whole bunch of other. Actually, we had a kind of an umbrella organization that said, "Hey, you guys, we'll help you open up. Um, we'll we'll kind of you know tell you what you're up against and give you some instruction as far as what to do here." And it wasn't legal advice by any means. It was an organization that cared about our rights and liberties. And so, so uh, about 200 small businesses came on board. It should have been 2,000 at least, but it was, wow. it was 200. And it's all over the state. All over the state, yeah. So uh, I think uh, Minnesota Reopen Coalition, I think is what it was called, or something to, to don't quote me on that, uh, Reopen Minnesota. Um, so we all said, yes, we're going to do this. They gave us the information. They said, you're going to get a call. Uh, from the attorney general's office or from another state office. Um, and, and this is what you say. This is how you respond. This is what you do, guys. We're here to help you out. And um, again, it wasn't legal advice. Uh, so I said, yes, this is what we need to do. Um, after that first day of opening, in which the state had you know, gotten word that this was going to be happening, um, obviously you can't keep something like this secret, and a list was put out of all from Reopen Minnesota of all the businesses that were going to be um, opening uh, according to our rights. Um, and, and so this was put out publicly, this list of the names of the businesses. So obviously, the, you know, the, the state had access to that and got a hold of that. So they were ready. They were ready to go. They were ready to, you know, um, smash us and crush us. Um, and, and the reason that the list was made available was so folks like you and I, uh, like-minded people, could go patronize all these businesses. So it was a great idea. And uh, unfortunately, I think it was within 24 hours, all but about 10 of us remained opened because everybody else got scared. So, so what we did, uh, I did get that call um, from uh, one of the State Department uh, departments, and uh, they, I, you know, I just... I'm really busy right now. I don't have time to talk to you. And uh, if I remember correctly, that's that was my answer for them because you know that I was working on the floor. And, and um, so, uh, next thing I knew, I had a, um, a food inspector uh, at my door, one that had I had always worked with in the past. And uh, uh, then the city and state started coming after us with everything: civil civil suits and then criminal suits. Now, to, for the cr criminal lawsuit or criminal. Um, um, case against us, that has to be uh, uh, prosecuted by either a city 
or a county attorney in the name of the state of Minnesota. The state themselves had to go through a city or county prosecutor. So the city attorney, previous city attorney, she, she just recently resigned, but the city attorney at that time was Kelly Dawn Martinez. And for whatever reason, I don't know this woman from Adam, and for whatever reason, she had a vendetta against me, probably because I was opening my business and she didn't agree with that. And she's a, she's a you know, mask, in my opinion, she's a mask Nazi. She was COVID, running COVID scared and all that. So she came after me with a vengeance and uh, said yes to the attorney general's office. Yes, I will prosecute this evil woman who is a danger to society. And by the way, she also called me a super spreader. So I, I get that badge, I guess. I'm a super spreader because I opened my my restaurant to allow people to come in on their own free will. So you're the grandmother that was trying to kill all the grandmothers. Yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, see, that's a vendetta. I, I look at that. It's hard to be sure of motives, but it appears to be her motive is to pick a, a useful example and come down super hard. It's basically what a king does or, or a slave owner does. You pick one slave and whip them, and then all the other slaves stay in line. And we're just a bunch of tax slaves. Uh, that's what I think they're doing. She may not have, in the end, maybe she doesn't even care about you. You were just the best example she had right. to stand up and whip. Right. Exactly. And, and, and so, uh, so those cases came against me. And from there on until just recently, um, it's been like an absolute whirlwind. Um, and it just honestly, um, uh, you know, praying through everything, um, talking with the advisors that I had put around me, um, which, you know, I had, I had so many great people helping me with, uh, my cases, um, friends that, uh, in my opinion are, are brilliant people, um, being, I did not have an attorney. I didn't know what I was doing. So I had a lot to learn and I had people that were supporting me in that and helping me through that. So, we did end up going to uh, court. Um, uh, I did go through an arrest. That's kind of a, almost a separate situation. Uh, it has to do with, <laughs> that's kind of a long story in itself, but it has to do with these cases, but it also is not part of the cases. Um, so what we chose in the beginning was we chose to follow rule of law, or in other words, real law. High, higher law, as you said, higher law, natural law, however you want to think about it. Natural law, God's law, whatever. That's it's the same word. question, really. It's to, to the way I used to say this um, and like guest teaching in schools, or just say there's a law above the government. Like the government is supposed to follow law. They're not the highest law. Our rights do not come from the government. That's, That's exactly. the primary point. And I don't care if you want to call it natural law or God's law or, or some other I mean, that's the primary point to get people to agree with. The government does not grant rights. The Bill of Rights does not grant any rights. It's just a reminder, mostly to the government, not to violate rights that, that pre-exist. Yes, yes. Very well put. Um, so uh, these cases are coming at me. I had two, three civil cases against me. One of those got dropped. I think that left two uh, civil cases against me. Those have been done for a while. I have a total of about $65,000 in fees and fines against me um, at this point. Um, it, uh, there, there's, you know, there's been some things that have happened with that because we obviously in our legal documents, uh, we would file um, <laughs> something I never thought of as, you know, or thought I would do is first of all, I never thought I would, you know, uh, present my cases in a court of law. 
Um, I, you know, never imagined I'd be in a court of law because I, you know, I'm, I'm a law abiding citizen and I still you, you weren't thinking you were going to get arrested for serving a cup of coffee. No. And, no. and and for people paying attention, you know, like she just said, well, she got arrested. But like, that's just a small part of this. She just skipped that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. getting arrested to me. Well, like, I've never been arrested. <laughs> I've never had. Yeah, that that's either. not e that's not even, a, you, you know, we only want to talk an hour or so about this. Like, you just have to skip that. That's see, so. See, anyway. it's, it's so convoluted. because we, we could spend easily four or five hours on this. And I know we're not going to, but. So just just real quickly on that arrest, <laughs> that arrest was it was because I did not show up for a court uh, hearing. Why didn't I show up for a court hearing? Because the judge, the prosecuting attorney, did not follow their own own laws, statute, or excuse me, criminal rule of procedure three point mm-hmm. to to summon somebody into a court of law. They must be issued. Uh, summons and complaint must be issued. End of story. It's so black and white. There mm-hmm. was never a summons and complaint issued on this uh, this this uh, alleged issue. Right? There was never a summons and complaint issued. So technically, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have to show up in a court of law. The only the only reason I knew about this hearing was because I was sent via email a Zoom hearing invite, which does not code for or cannot be used in lieu of a summons and complaint. So again, we have judicial officers, prosecuting attorneys, and he told, the judge told, it's in it's in written form, told the prosecuting attorney, um, summons Ms. Hansen into a court of law, set this up for a Zoom hearing, da-da-da-da-da. It's all in black and white. Never did it. Never. They did an email. Like, like, like that's the thing that the sheriff is supposed to send a deputy to hand deliver. Well, there's hand delivery, yeah. but you know, I would have because now it's, it's, it's not. I don't agree with it, but it mm-hmm. is. Um, there is, I believe, a rule that was put into place or a statute put into place that with that uh, there are other means by which they can serve somebody now if it if it is whatever follows a criteria. You probably have to approve it, though. Well, I don't know. I don't know Minnesota, but in Florida, you can't do that unless the person has agreed for email notification. And I live in a condo. I'm the president. I'm not allowed to email the condo that we're going to have a board meeting unless they've already agreed to accept email communications for that. That's a board meeting for a 20-unit condo. Yeah. Like, I don't think the state can do that for a well, court hearing. They well, shouldn't, not without you agreeing. Oh, but keep in mind, they get to make up the rules as they go, because oh, we the people have allowed them to do it for so long. So they've yeah. got so no one's holding them accountable. So anyway, no summons and complaint, um, no reason for me to show up. Uh, you know, a Zoom invite is not a legal reason for me to show up. And so, being we were following the rule of law, we said, okay, we made a decision. I'm not going to show up because they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't follow the law. There's no summons and complaint. Part of the reason for a summons and complaint, I mean, it's obviously it's a legal procedure, but the complaint tells you what exactly you're you're uh, showing up for, <laughs> why you're going to this hearing. So that would be good to know before you go, correct? So anyway, um, yeah, they play by their own rules, so I didn't show up for that. So anyway, I was I was arrested out of state. I was. Uh, some people say I fled the state. 
Oh, you crossed state lines? Yeah. You served a cup of coffee and then crossed state lines? Yeah, can you believe it? I hope you didn't serve a cup of coffee on the other side of state lines. <laughs> I don't know what they do. You'd have to move to, to Russia and, and you know become friends with Julian Assange or something. Or something. Or something. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> It was crazy. And actually, our attorney general, remember we mentioned uh, him before, Keith Ellison. I, I Yeah. He actually Just put Ellison. Out Ellison, I'm embarrassed of the same first name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, no, no. No. No relation, we understand that. But Go ahead. Yeah. He actually put out a <laughs> all points bulletin or whatever you want to call it. He put out notice to the surrounding states of Minnesota to um, <laughs> track me down. If you find this dangerous woman, Lisa Hansen, who served a cup of coffee to a willing customer, you can arrest her. And the, the state of Minnesota will pay for extradition back into the state, into the state. <laughs> so unbelievable. While, while at the same time, state of Minnesota is allowing uh, the city of Minneapolis to be burned. The uh, state of Minnesota is uh, allowing uh, real criminals uh, to just be let out back on the streets. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff going on. And they want to, they are, you, you are so right. You hit the nail on the head when you said they're making an example out of me. Absolutely, because I wouldn't obey their little mandates that weren't law, and so they're going to make an example out of me. Well, I was out of the state for a while because there was no reason why I couldn't go out of the state. I actually went down and visited my my folks that are out of state in the southern part of the nation. And um, on my way back, uh, my husband and I stopped in Iowa before we came back into the state of Minnesota. We were vacationing there for a bit. And uh, I was uh, I was posting stuff on Facebook while we were there. And so obviously, oh, wait, I was hiding. Right. I was running from loss. I shouldn't have been posting on Facebook. <laughs> which, anyway, which is where the, that's where they get their evidence from. They're like Minnesota, lovely little city. That we yeah. love. And wh what it means is that you're the Minnesota citizen tax dollars are being used by some law enforcement guy to watch your Facebook account on, on when you're on vacation visiting. And how, As, yeah. How many, Oh, not only that, Keith, but they also um, had a private investigator that was staking out, uh, I guess, the Clear Lake area or wherever. I don't know. I don't have the we, we're, we still need to do some uh, FOIA requests on this, but. Stating uh, or staking out, I even had a guy come to my door, an individual. Uh, I've never seen him before in my life. He knocks on my door and he says, and I answer, because again, I'm not hiding. <laughs> he knocks on my door and he said, are you Lisa Hansen? I said, yes, I am. And uh, while well, I'm out of state. And he says, well, don't leave your, don't leave your place here. Uh, don't leave your, your, uh, your, your dwelling, you know, where I was staying at the time. Because there's a there's a couple of police cars, cop cars down the road here, and they're watching you. And and at this time, people know who I am because I've been all mm -hmm. over the news. And um, so how he knew I was there, how he I don't know if he had his radio on and was I don't know I don't know police radio on or if he was sent, but I I have no idea what that was all about. And he says don't leave because the thing was is they couldn't come to my door and arrest me, right? They had to wait till I left, you know, with, you know, went out of my, my house that I was staying in and, and, uh, before they could arrest me. So anyway, um, we did go out later and, uh, I don't even remember the date. I'm sorry. Off the top of my head. I should remember that day, the day I was arrested in Clear Lake, Iowa. Sure. 
And so I was, my husband and I were walking on the beach, actually, on the lake there, Clear Lake. Um, beautiful night. It was just a wonderful little place to go. I recommend Clear Lake. <laughs> unless, unless you're in trouble with Keith Ellison. Anyway, um, so. Not yet. Not yet. We'll see what happens when he sees his video. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, I'm arrested right there on the lake and they call my, my legal name is Melissa. And so that's, what's all over my, you know, the court documents. And so he, so I, I my husband and I are heading back to our little, our little, uh, dwelling and, uh, and he said, and I hear Melissa, Melissa. And, uh, finally, I think the second or third time I heard him say it, it's like, oh, that's, he's calling me because I go by Lisa my whole life. I've gone by Lisa, uh, that my parents did that. And so, um, so I turn around and it's a police officer <laughs> and I'm thinking like, Oh, here we go. So here it is. The uh-huh. day has finally come. So yes, I was arrested. Um, and extradited. I, no, I was not extradited because my uh, husband bailed me out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise they would have. Oh, they would have. Which is expensive. It was already, it was already approved. <laughs> I'm told, I don't know this. This is what I'm told. $10,000 to extradite approximately. Where does that money sounds, come? Sounds sounds cheap. Uh, just general tax dollars. Yeah, yeah. And and they normally do it. Most states they do it by a private extradition firm, who can get a police car if they, you know, they probably got a police car with a cage. But yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. And somebody from Minnesota would go would go and get you like, yeah. right? Yeah. They I mean, pay for it. All all that Iowa has to do is hold you. Yep. So there's all these pieces to it. Right, that we have no idea yet how much the taxpayers paid. Uh, it, it's you know you never it, never it's, find that out. It's disgusting. Out. It's disgusting. Can already tell. It's it sounds like it's in the millions, right? If I want to take a wild guess, pe- police cars watching you, uh, people watching your Facebook page, and yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. sure somebody will do that. So like. You're not really calling them out, but that is somebody doing something. They have to know this is immoral. And they signed, they made a pledge to support and defend the Constitution of the state of Minnesota and of the United States, and yet they're doing this. Absolutely. They're completely, uh, you know, uh, annihilating this this, oath that they've taken to protect the people. I'm glad you're calling them out by name. Like, that's... I'm I'm a non-anonymous fact checker, right? I'm happy to if I say something, I'm I'm almost certain it's true. If it's not true, somebody say that's not true, and I'll say, oh, tell me, I'll thank you. If yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, and I'm unanonymous all the time. Twitter, like like this show. Yeah, I'm not I'm not anonymous. Agreed. And if, and if I, if I <laughs> call I'm people mistaken. out. If I'm mistaken on information, I too want to be corrected. So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't name the police officer. I don't even remember their names. I could obviously look it up. It's on the uh, police report. But I'm going to just say um, they handled me with good gloves. They they were very very good to me. Um, I'm guessing that they probably didn't want to be a part of it. I know. I know you. Do, you they still made the arrest, and it was an invalid arrest. Still made the arrest. So. They still violated their oath yeah. that they took. They still did. You're right. And I had yeah. people with me that explained all of that, that I had to, I said, I want you to read this. You need to understand because you are putting yourself in a, in a, you know, in jeopardy here um, on a personal level and you're, you're going to want to read this. And so I'm sorry, I, I 
could have sent that document to you, Keith, but I didn't. Um, so they knew what they were doing or had reason to know what they were doing, that they were violating their oath of office. Um, um, I am going to say I was handled uh, well. It could have gone another direction um, I, when I was booked in, uh, and, which, again, was a violation. And uh, they, they didn't even put me in a cell. Um, I didn't, you know, they didn't have me put their uh, jail garb on. That comes later. <laughs> and um, not in Clear Lake. So my husband was very quick, obviously, to bail me, get me bailed out. And we went, we went on from there. So that was a, yeah, it was a crazy experience. So, um, but again, what folks get confused is that well, she's, she was arrested because she didn't, because she violated the governor's mandates. No. It was, it was a different subject. So um, moving on beyond that, the cases continued, of course. Um, I continued with my uh, my cases. Uh, and people would say, well, why didn't you why don't you get a why don't you get an attorney? Tell me one attorney that's winning cases and I will happily hire an attorney. No one was winning cases. They were all losing the cases. So wow. anyway, we figured, hey. We can win all by ourselves, you know, without having to. I mean, sorry, we can lose all. You by can her, lose by yourself, yeah. Without having to hire an attorney who's going to lose for us, and I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to settle. There's not going to be a plea deal made because I didn't break the law. So no, wow. I won't do it. So anyway, I know it's getting long here, Keith. So let's no, that's well. No, this is all good background, and I, I had a couple other notes. Like I remember that all while this is going on, there was a venue across the street from from your bistro that was open? Like, they were allowed to stay open, right? Oh, what was, what was that? Was there some other, other places? There even some, wasn't there a studio or something? There was other small places open. Well, they pick and choose, right? They, they're, yeah. they're picking and choosing oh, what absolutely. to go after. My husband's business was able to stay open. We never met, we never said why, but his business was able to stay open because we carry cleaning supplies. Oh. So that's why it was that's that's why they keep the Walmart open. I mean, Florida was really brief, but they never shut down Walmart. And and sometimes, you know, when the Walmart and Home Depot are the only places open, sometimes they were packed. Oh, they oh, absolutely. I know TC with uh, Minnesota Black Road Regiment. TC such a good friend of mine. He's he's done yeah. so much for for me personally and to help this cause. And he's he's the one that really, you know, originally put the story out there. Without him. I don't know. I can't even imagine. So, oh. um, love that so then you, so then you, went, you, you ended up in court, right? Yeah. This happened. And the uh, the state objected to media coverage, right? They didn't even really want yes, in the they, court. No, they didn't want media in there. Uh, filming. They, they didn't. Uh, I agreed to it, but the prosecuting attorney, uh, obvious, for, obviously, for obvious reasons, she, she did not. And so they would not allow uh, video in the court. Um, why? It's a public court. It's, Isn't it supposed to be the the people's house? Yeah. Um, well, it is our. But well, you could go in. You could go in, but you couldn't record a video. And they're they're squashing it. I mean, that's what John Adams was doing, right? Yeah. That that's that goes. Lincoln put three thousand people in jail for <laughs> writing against the state. They don't want it to be seen, so it makes it harder for their their tyranny to get known widely. In today's age, like it's hard to get out to the even the state let alone the whole, all of America, without video in the courtroom. Right, right. So It's obvious what they're doing. They don't allow audio as well, audio and video. So they don't, they don't want people to know what they're doing. Right, report, that's right. 
But what other reason is there? So the reporters were allowed in. There were some reporters there. Um, so I went to a trial, a jury trial, in December, December, um, I think it was December 2nd. And um, I mean, up, up to that point, you know, I had to, who is a jury, jury members along with the crazy stuff I've never done before, of course. Didn't really, I mean, I had been, you know, coached uh, and given some advice, um, not, I worked closely with a friend of mine as well. He was basically an assistant for me. Um, and uh, sorry, I mean, this is a good thing though. His his first name is Keith as well. <laughs> and uh, an activist himself. And uh, there's a misconception, and we'll just get that out right now as well, that Keith um, uh, gave me legal advice. And I just, just to be clear, Keith never gave me legal advice. Keith, and if he had, I wouldn't have taken legal advice because Keith... Uh, is not a, uh, a legal, he's not an attorney, right? And he doesn't know uh, the law. He was learning right along with all of us. So um, legal, I, I made my own decisions for myself. And uh, so anyway, so I, I had I had help around me. My husband, of course, was around me all this time. And we had so many great supporters. So we go to, we have a six-member ju uh, six jury, and um, we go to court, and I think we were in court for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday was our final day. And um, there was no chance for me to to win. There was no chance for even one, uh, not much of a chance anyway, for unless unless there had been somebody in the jury that knew what what I know now and what you know, Keith. And unfortunately, there wasn't. So here we are going through the trial. Before we went through the trial, there was a motion of limine, which is a it's a very common uh, document that is um, filed going into the uh, um, uh, the trial. And but one real interesting thing with this motion of limine was that the prosecuting attorney had requested that I would not the defend defendant defendant would not be allowed to speak of constitutional law or statutory law in front of the jury. You're not allowed to tell the jury about the Constitution, the highest law in America. Exactly. How about the Minnesota Constitution? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so they, they, they're null and void now in Minnesota? That, you said that earlier. <laughs> it's a rule of men, not the rule of law. Right. If you can't bring that up in a trial, they're saying, can you bring up a Minnesota statute? No, no. He, he wouldn't let me go into any kind of law, the judge. That would, that would poison the jury. Right? Yeah, it would poison the jury. It would give them some information, some truth. Was the prosecutor allowed to bring up Minnesota law and the Constitution? Or just the executive order of the governor? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I want to put your the governor's on my king shirt back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she used that's ridiculous. Her. Sorry, that's just... <laughs> my old show is about th this thing here. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that is the really, for the government that is the highest law. Like you can say, there's a higher moral law. This all comes from higher law, but this is the highest law for the government. They have to follow yes. that. Right, the higher law, common law, natural law, whatever you want to call it, that is the highest law. And, for uh, for the people, the right? people, but, the, but the, government, the government has to operate under this. As the government law. has to operate under this. They're supposed to acquiesce to it, but they don't. At least not in our state. So we have to call them out eventually on that. But well, okay, so you better will. not do it here. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk to you for another hour. Um, 
So, so, all right. So you go to court, and in the end, I'm found guilty. You know, put in jail. You know, it was unanimous. I didn't know that. It was unanimous, and it was six counts, right? All with ninety day. Yeah, yeah, yes. Maximum and a thousand dollar, or excuse me, not and or thousand dollar up to a thousand dollar fine, up to ninety days, or up to a thousand dollar fine. Did so, you elect the fine? What's that? <laughs> Did you elect to take the fine, or that was what they were allowed to settle sentence you with? That's what they were allowed to decide. Uh, the, the judge got to decide on uh, because the prosecuting attorney asked for. Um, I think it was 10 days incarcerated and $1,000 in fine. Now, the funny thing is, apparently neither the prosecuting attorney or the judge realized that in the uh, penalty, it clearly reads one or the other, not both. Not jail time and a fine, one or the other. But anyway, the prosecuting attorney asked for uh, 10 days, I believe it was, and a $1,000 fine. And, and of course, I... I asked for, because they, they, the judge says, well, you know, what do you think you deserve? And of course I said, nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And actually I think you should be hanged, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you better not say that. <laughs> I didn't go quite that far. <laughs> not um, in court. Be better not to say that. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, he says, well, I think neither of you are going to be happy with what I've decided. And then for about 15, 20 minutes, as one of the, I think Alpha News article states, the judge berates me. He, he he's, he, red in the face, the head in the face. He just got red, beat red. And clearly you could see that this is your, yeah. your I can't hear you. <laughs> I muted myself to reduce background noise, but yeah, that's, um, he's showing what he's actually about, right? Absolutely. He or she, Absolutely. she or he, uh, he. It, he's showing what he's about. And, um, what he's about is, is just, He's he's helping pick you as an example to hold up to the rest of the slaves. Well, you, you know, better not do that. Well, what you said right there actually is in the transcript. He said those words. He said, um, "I'm going to make an example out of you, so no one ever." <laughs> actually, you should be should removed from the bench. Do you should. vote for judges? Yes. But you got a, a quality a voter quality problem. We do. We do. We have an educational problem as well. Yeah. I think that would, I think in Fl Florida's a little better on this. I mean, they're not nowhere near perfect, but yeah, I think that would probably in Florida, at least in my count, that would probably prevent a judge from being reelected. At least they, he would lose my county. Wow, anyway. Um, yeah. That's, that's a sign of both tyrannical yeah. government and a judge who's supposed to be, you know, impartial the judge's job is to make sure the process follows the law but when the judge says we're not going to follow the law we actually don't even care the constitution is an anachronism right, right. like what like joe biden would say or something it, it's it, it means they're operating as you open with they're not it's not a place that's under rule of law it's at the whim of a tyrannical king and his minions right that's why we that's why we broke away from france i mean i wasn't from uh, England, I wasn't part of that, but uh, that is why they did that. King George and and they were breaking away from 500 years of English history. Governments right. doing that. So okay, so then you end up, you end up, you go to jail, right? Yeah, he gives me maximum sentence. In fact, he double sentenced me, which again, that just I think it's I find it incredible that the lack of knowledge, and I'm I'm not trying to demean anybody here. I'm just calling it as it is. 
but the, the lack of knowledge um, that there are so many mistakes that were made through this whole process by the prosecuting attorney. Um, she made mistake after mistake, just just sloppy. It was sloppy is the best word, I guess, to describe it. And the judge not even I mean, he, he double sentences me. And, and and after the fact, after jail, a serving time, I was able to get my thousand dollars back because they said, well, since you've already served your time. So he sentenced me to 90 days in jail. Keith. And they were concurrent. So that's, I just want to bring that up, right? Instead of three years or whatever it been. Yeah. 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 So So, 90 days for all of the six charges uh, on the one case. And um, I got out in 60 because in Minnesota, there's a thing about good behavior. So I got out in 60. So I, yeah, I missed Christmas. I missed the birth of my 10th grandchild. I missed my husband and my anniversary, our 39th wedding anniversary, as well as a whole host of other, you know, things. And so while I was in jail on uh, December, I think it was 15th, we had a storm come through. My husband and I live in the country and uh, we actually, our our, um, our big red barn uh, was taken down and a whole bunch of trees. We had a mess in our yard. And and my husband said, uh, this is while I'm in jail and he's poor guy, he's here home alone to try to figure this out. And and um, he's, you know, he said, let's see if we can get you a, like an emergency leave. Um, I forget the proper terminology for that. And um, we tried. And he says, maybe. And here's what my hubby said. It was, uh, he's, he's got such a great heart. Um, he said, maybe, maybe the, the prosecuting attorney, because she had to weigh in on it, will have, have a bit, a little bit of heart and see to it to let you out. And I didn't have the heart. I didn't have the heart to tell him, honey, that's not going to happen. But okay, so we went ahead and did it. We petitioned the court, and of course, her ad- advice to the to the uh, to the judge was, "No way, they don't need help. They have all fifty volunteers out there helping them." I saw it on Facebook, and so she doesn't need to get out of jail to take care of their, you know, their crisis there in their pro- their property. And so, so now she's they- watching on Facebook too. For yeah, yes. a couple hundred dollars an hour, right? Oh, you betcha. Oh, you betcha. Government, good government salary. Taxpayers and state of Minnesota taxpayers for all of, you know, my taxes as well went for all of that. Yeah, you what had to pay for that. Do you pay for that? What a waste. <laughs> waste of our tax dollars. So we've got to stop this type of corruption. We've, we've got to get these, these clowns out of office and we've got to start putting people in places of, uh, you know, where they will actually be public servants to the people. So, I, I served my time, uh, which I never should have had to serve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would just let me just throw this in there, Keith, too. I just want to encourage people with this. There's other people that, you know, this did not turn out like we had wanted it to. But while I was in there, I said, I'm going to make the best of this because I believe that's what the Lord wants me to do. And um, I've been a Christian for a long, long time. And I make as many mistakes as, you know, most other people do. It does not make me perfect by any means. I'm not saying that. Um, I am fallible. But in my heart, I wanted to please the Lord. And so I went to um, jail and I had so many great opportunities in in jail to minister to the other ladies that were in there, to pray for them, to love on them and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ um, with them and uh, and to even pray for the staff. Um, I saw things that I'd never seen before, obviously. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things to there it was a it was a um great opportunity to add a lot of stuff to my prayer list it's it, it, to consider that an opportunity like i understand the community and and it's helpful to get through it and in prison you have to find the right community there's a wide variety of communities and prisons um assume you weren't in a maximum fed, detention fed, <laughs> that's good 
like not a place where they put say Bernie Madoff, who you know his scheme wasn't as bad as Social Security, but that's where they held him. So you, so you weren't in that. So yeah, it's great that you found you know people of like minded, and and you know I hope in well, most I'm not prisons like that. If you don't find people of like mind in the in, in the jail. And they wanted to learn. Like that's where no, the no, that, no, I got to meet some wonderful, amazing people while I was in there though. I'm telling you what. I, here's here's my little there, my little There's a, there's other people who wrongfully are in jail. <laughs> yeah, well I'm I'm not sure any of these people were wrongfully in jail. They actually did break laws. But they would talk to me and you know, it and I say inmates are people too. At, at sure. Inmates are people too. And I got to go live with them you know, for 60 days, at least with the women. And, you know, I got a glimpse of a, a man every once in a while, but I got to also live, you know, with the staff in a, in a way. And you, know, you spend hours with these people in a day and you get a whole different perspective than you would otherwise. Um, and, and so I'm thankful for that. I really, truly am grateful for all the things I learned there. And just to be a, a, a blessing in, in that place, um, and I and I hope I was, and I think I, I was from what some of the people would tell me. But these these people needed hope, right? We all need hope. We all need um, an answer, uh, and, and we need and, and the, the hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and the Savior, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. I know I'm, I'm going in. I'm, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do a show on that. But um, no, I understand conceptually what you're talking about. Um, so. the, the, and, and that's why I just put it as community. So I think in the end, and so then they let you out and then they drop the charges. Right. So I want to kind of get that in. In the end, you are an example. So you're an example with the people you were, were working with, we're going to call it, in, the, in prison. Um, the government tried to use you as an example, but. They just dropped the charges, so in the end, they were actually correct, and you're an example, you're like a hero to many, many people of how to fight back against the government, and you provided the whole script of how to do it and win. Like, that's, I think in the end, that is the example you're going to provide. It's a backfire, totally backfired on them, only because you were willing to go through all this. That's how I see it. Going through it opened so many doors, like this door. And so many other previous doors um, where I've done, you know, um, interviews and been able to talk to people and, yeah, being that example. Um, I don't I don't consider myself a hero by any 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 means. But maybe okay, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry to interrupt. Maybe that's not the right word, but you're inspiring. Like it's it's uh, informative and inspiring. And that's what this three part series is. It's like yeah. I want to tell people as many as I can, like you can fight back. Yes. Locally, locally is quite possible. I've seen it done locally. I've helped locally. State, it's way harder. It usually doesn't work. I'm not going to get a federal. Um, I'm glad you didn't have to fight this federally. It almost never works federally. Like you can't petition the federal government for redress of grievances. They could care less. But at the state, if you get enough people involved, they have to back down. And locally, if you know, for people, you know, to think locally, act locally. Uh, if you you get enough people, and it doesn't take that many, especially in a smaller town, to just stand up to them, and and we did. I live in a pretty small town, um, and and it's not. It's we can do it. We did it to the school board on masks. It's happened on other things here where people just go and just call them out, and if the numbers are big enough, and in a small town, it only it may only have to be forty people in the meeting, and you know a few hundred others being vocal. 
right. So, so that's the that's the inspiration. So I'll switch from hero to uh, inspiration. I'll change I'll change it before the show gets published. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. But um, <laughs> and that's not the first time. You know, this <laughs> you are a hero. So that's that's people's opinion. You are you are a hero for going through it. And providing the example. That's what I was, that's how and I that, say it. That's what I tell everybody that, you know, not everybody could do what I did and it happened to be the right time and the right place. Not everybody's a restaurant owner, you mm -hmm. know, and do what I did, but um, it was the right thing to do. That's what I say. Was, and people have asked, well, if you had to do it all over mm -hmm. again, you still do it the way you did it. And I would say, well, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but, um, you know, I, I didn't have hindsight. And uh, as far as going through the legal process, um, yeah, I would do it all over again without, you know, missing a beat. I would do it all over again. And because uh, why? Because it was the right thing to do for our kids, our grandkids, future generations. We have to stand up. We it's have called to. it's called living by principle, right? Yeah. Living by your principle, even if it doesn't look yeah. good. And so so in the end, they so they let you out uh, from from their cage, they let you out of the cage and then. You, and then it ended up the court. It gets dropped. You, you filed legal charges, or how did how did that happen? Why did they drop all the remaining okay. charges? So, they, so technically, they did not drop those charges. Um, so, what happened is there was two criminal cases against me from the get go. All through litigation, these two cases had been combined as one because they were basically identical. So, I had six charges on the first case, three charges on the second case for being open eight days. Um, uh, in violation, alleged, you know, allegedly in violation, and one count of um, public nuisance, because they had to throw that in there, you know, public nuisance. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's, it's, I just, it's a go you were a government nuisance. <laughs> you weren't a nuisance to the public. You're a nuisance to the a government. Nuisance to the tyrannical king. Keith Ellison and no relation of mine, and yeah, the king. Walls. Well, Waltz. It's hard to say his name. Waltz. Yeah, it's no T. No T. Walls. 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 I keep thinking like you know the pleasant dance. Like that's terrible. It's a terrible it's mnemonic to use for that it's, guy. It's okay because there's a lot of people still yeah. say Waltz. So okay. so you eventually they got dismissed and then they dropped the charges and, and you had shared with me the the letter. Yeah, with the second case. Okay, so with the second case. Um, we had to go to jury trial. Oh, so what happened is they separated the two cases, even though, you can look at the transcript, the judge says uh, for the first case, Ms. Hansen in, in the uh, pretrial, do you want to separate the two cases or do you want to handle them together? My suggestion is to handle them together, together, Ms. Hansen, because that's how they've been handled all along, but we'll let you decide. So I decided and I said, handle them together. But the next thing I knew, the uh, judge said, no, we're going to separate them. Obviously, for greater impact, greater harm for you to make a bigger example. Okay, so we got through the first one. I served my time. Then they scheduled the second uh, case with uh, court uh, trial. Jury trial was scheduled, I think it was in September or October, and uh, for, just for December 12th. So this time around, I talked with those that were the people that were around me, and they suggested, hey, uh, there's this attorney that he is very, he is bar certified because he has to be. So, um, you know, he'll only go, these attorneys will only go so far because they don't want to be um, disbarred, right? They don't want to offend the almighty judge. <laughs> and so a lot of them will not cross lines. It's crazy. It's disgusting to watch them basically 
kowtow to this almighty judge sitting up on his, his upper platform dressed in this black robe as, you know, some royalty or something. They kowtow to the judge. And the reason they hate me is because I don't kowtow and they can't disbar me, which is the beautiful thing about it. And that's why they'd never let me win. Um, partly because I'm a woman, number, number one or number two, I don't know. Again, my opinion, I will never win in a court of law uh, presenting my own case because I'm a woman and because I'm not an attorney in the state of Minnesota, you ain't going to win. So anyway, um, so we decided we found this attorney uh, that is very doing some really great things in the state of Minnesota, uh, very like-minded, had a conversation with him. He took my second criminal case. So Keith, I would love to tell you that we won the case, that it was dismissed based on rule of law based on constitutional law, based on common law, whatever you want to call it, even statutory and case law. Because we presented all that in all of our documents. You can read our miles and miles of documents online, and you can see where we have presented law after law after law, which all of it was just ignored. Ignored, um, or if it was uh, addressed at all, it was addressed with bogus responses. Incredible. Anyway. So did we win? Did we win? We kind of won. It's kind of a win. It's not the win we wanted, but there it is. Our, our, my, my attorney understands because he's been uh, an attorney for a number of years, many, many years, and he understands um, strategy in the courts of Minnesota. And um, in my opinion, he does. Um, and so here's what happened. My attorney uh, issued six subpoenas to high-level employees at the state level uh, serve under uh, Tim Walls, the governor. Uh, one of those went to a media source. And I guess the state didn't like it that uh, their, their uh, minions, shall we call them, uh, were subpoenaed to show up in, and to, be, uh, to show up and testify uh, in court. Um, we... we Played our cards right, I would say. We used some strategy. We had some other people that were um, players in this as well. I can tell you, everything we did was legal. It was moral. Uh, it was completely um, uh, uh, in good taste, if you will. Everything that we have done, we've always followed the rule of law. Well, so in a course of events, um, I, I reached out to somebody at the city level uh, Albert Lee city level that I know. And I said, are you aware that, um, that, uh, there's another case against me and the city of Albert Lee is continuing to prosecute me. And, uh, this person was not aware that one of the city council members was not aware, was completely, um, against the prosecution, the first prosecution, et cetera, et cetera. So he said, uh, this cannot happen. Um, we, this has got to be, we, we've got to get this dismissed. The city, the city does not need to be doing this again. The city, uh, of Albert Lee, their, uh, uh, their constituents, not constituents, the citizens of, of Albert Lee, the people don't need to put this bill a second time around the state of Minnesota, the, the taxpayers of the state of Minnesota do not need to put another bill. This is ridiculous. This is possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, going forward with these cases, taking them to court. Um, so through the course of events, a couple of weeks or a month, um, the, some things happened that came into play. 
And um, our city attorney that was prosecuting me resigned. That kind of opened a door. There was an interim city uh, attorney, Michelle King. You can see her name on the document here. And they, they uh, by push of the city, by, driven by the city, uh, saying we no longer want to prosecute Lisa Hansen. Um, let's let's get this these charges dismissed. And so this is what they've dismissed. Now this is this is based on rule. I believe it's thirty point oh one. Yes, there it is. Rule thirty point oh one. They the city prosecutor or the prosecuting attorney can dismiss the case based on reasons. And here's the reasons that they gave. So unfortunately, these are not the reasons that we were hoping for. But, okay, the good part is it did get dismissed. I do get to spend Christmas with my, Lord willing, <laughs> with my family this year. Uh -huh. And I get to celebrate my 40th wedding anniversary with my husband, hopefully, this year or, or January 1st next year. So um, so, so here we have, number one, a defendant was convicted on six counts following a jury trial. Yes, that's all true. Sentenced to 90 days in jail on each count concurrently. This case is similar in nature to the one... Uh, the, the 188 is, is basically the same as 137. So if convicted, no other sanctions are likely to be imposed. That was uh, one of the reasons. Number two was further work on this case is not an effective use of resources by the court or the city of Albert Lee. Exactly. Don't you think? That, that, that one's laughable because actually, if they wanted to be true, they should say, Zero work. None of the work on the earlier case or this case is an effective use of resources by the court of the city of Albert Lee for those who think the government is there to protect the liberty of the people. For those that think that the government is there to be king and have as much power as they can grab. And usually, for example, it was always effective use of resources, but it didn't work. So I read this. Actually, I'd laugh. You sent me this this morning. I started laughing because... I interpret this as like we now recognize that what we did backfired big time and yeah. we should have never done that. <laughs> That's how, how I read number two. And then amelioration doctrine comes in on number three because the the executive orders are no longer. They're they're done. They were in fact they were removed before my first trial happened. So the amelioration doctrine should have applied to the first trial. There should have never been a first trial. The case and that you should dismiss before yeah. we trial. And, so. and uh, permit me, I mean, maybe the listeners here get tired of me ranting like this, but I can translate number three, too. So the state of Minnesota no longer considers itself, and by that they mean the government, the government of Minnesota no longer considers itself under any executives related to COVID-19. Now, they're setting aside the fact that every executive order related to COVID-19 was illegal um, because that that's the legislature has to make that. The only role of the governor is he can sign it or veto it. Um, there's no need to consider continue prosecution to defer defendant. They weren't trying to defer you. They never they were never trying to defer you. They're trying to defer every citizen in Minnesota with a small business. That's right. Unless you had like a bar or a strip club, which is essential service, and engaging in civil behavior. The similar behavior is to stand up for your rights. Like, that's the behavior they're concerned with. They wanted to squash that. And again, this one to me just reads that they, they realize it, it backfired. It was, you know, they can't do it. And all they're doing is just backing out as best they can and not actually admitting anything wrong. Nobody will ever be 
prosecuted. That's like a ridiculous concept, right? Right, right. So that's how I read that. That's my translation. I think it's funny. It, yeah. it, it just exposes them for their corruption and, it and exposes does. their goals. And it really leaves the door wide open going forward. So um, this was dated November 4th. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I mean, even though this is not didn't go like we wanted it to go, we, we, were, we wanted to win. We wanted the state to say, hey, or not the state, but the, uh, you know, the, uh, the judge uh, to say, hey, yeah, you're right. Uh, there's no law here. And uh, she, she was operating under her rights. And yes, she can, you know, I never, I didn't say this, but my, what was my defense in the court of law when I was not allowed to present a constitutional <laughs> law or statutory law, Minnesota or U.S. Constitution, right? My defense was that. It was, it was law. It was real law, rule of law. And so I was not, I had no defense whatsoever. And every time, and I did, I did push. I did go to bring it up. I did bring uh, start to bring up constitutional law and every time the judge would shut me down and he would threaten contempt of court which um i was never holding contempt of court because we we decided that was not the strategy we were going to use i could have but we decided that wasn't the strategy maybe maybe we should have used the strategy trouble is you're dealing with a government and a court and a judge and a governor and a prosecutor uh and and a uh you know the chief legal guy for the state None of which care about that. They're prosecuting you for, as you said, serving a cup of coffee. Um, so th there's no expectation they would care about that. And they've openly admitted that the Constitution doesn't matter, U.S. and Minnesota, and uh, Minnesota law doesn't even matter. Right. And they said that openly. Yes. I, I'm astounded at that, that admission. Why aren't they removed from office? That's like a, the, you, can, you can be impeached for that. The governor should be impeached. You know, I mean, it matters. Yeah, amen. Um, it matters when when they're using it for their purpose or their agenda. It, it matters then the statutory and case law. Of course, they, they deal mostly in quite a lot in case law, and I, you know, so and we dealt in case law as well on our side. But um, it, they deal mostly in case law because they they can they can basically do whatever they want with that, <laughs> especially when you're mm -hmm. when you're leaving out the uh, the constitutionally uh, protected rights of people. Mm -hmm. and, and my point, just to interject on that, just to remind people, uh, there is no such thing as case law, just like there's no such thing as the version of constitutional. It's a study of previous opinions by judges and opinions by juries and prosecutor and defense attorney opinions. Everything in there is an opinion. I mean, a court, you follow court cases, all up to Supreme Court, any, any lawyer, defense attorney or prosecutor can express an opinion, argue his opinion. He can go find a PhD or whatever he needs in that occupation, a, a law enforcement, uh, you know, medical doctor, whatever he needs um, to go in and testify in court to state that this lawyer's opinion is true. And, and if it's like completely bullshit, then he just has to pay more money to get the PhD. That's what court cases are. And that includes Supreme Court. It's all opinion. So there's no such thing as case law. It's it's a it's a it's a misnomer. It's, it's a right. wrong name. So as soon as somebody thinks about case law, like, oh, the reason you need that caveat in front of it is because you know it's not law. If it was law, you would just say law, but you can't. It's case law, which it's it's like a turd sandwich. You know, it's crazy. They they use it to their advantage. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's uh, horrible. So yeah. So but uh, so that was uh, there's so many like I said there's so many pieces to this whole journey and story and uh, it's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really sad where we're at as far as this, you know, as far as our state state of Minnesota. Um, and uh, so at this point, um, my cases are done against me as, against me, and um, you know I I am uh, in talks with my attorney as far as where do we go from here. So um, my hopes is that uh, these wrongdoers will be held accountable. In I'm sorry, way. I'm sorry to inform you that they're exempt from that sort of thing. <laughs> Pretty much, it's yeah. very difficult. It's it's, and and they and the problem. One of the problems with that is that the people, it's the government that has to hold them accountable. Other than if you got a, a halfway decent voter quality, you might be able to remove them at the next election. But that's a that's been proven for 250 years to not be a very good solution in effect that's a practical question so the people who need to hold them accountable are probably the government and that's not an example they want to set it's the exact opposite and they want to do it too later so that that's not going to work and my my little two cents i'm going to show your your web page um you want to just talk about this? I looked at it briefly. Oh, well, this is in the beginning when I took the stand that I did. Um, I don't even remember how it all just happened kind of organically that uh, I was uh, I started this group as supporters right off that they wanted to help. They wanted to do whatever they could. And um, kind of, you know, um, I guess, like you said, um, you know, follow, follow my leader. You know, I, I apparently inspired a couple of people, but. Um, they think and see, and I mean, and these are people that are surrounding me that are smarter than I am and, um, that have sure been, they have no idea the support that they have been to me. Um, and it's not just in our area, it's all over the state of Minnesota. It's been incredible. Some of the most amazing people that I've had the opportunity to meet and get to know and spend time with. Um, so we started Stand for Liberty MN and, uh, we created a website and I apologize. The website is not as up to date as I would like it to be. Um, because it's going forward on its own, right? There's plenty. There's other people just they yeah. believe in this and they're taking it forward. And it's you good. ran for Senate. That's in here. That's this year. Yeah. And people say, well, why'd you run for? So I decided in jail that, yep, I would. I had been, you know, approached and said, you, you know, would you, would you run for office? And I said, oh, I've never thought about that. I've never been interested in that, and never thought that I could be someone that would do that. But I could see where it was necessary. When I started looking at the voting records of our local representatives, um, our House of Representatives and uh, the Senate folks, when I started looking at their voting record, I thought, what? And they're both Republicans or they're, they're on the Republican ticket. And they're both friends of mine, really good friends of mine, uh, or they were. Mm. So... <laughs> um, this kind of crisis is when your real friends, when, when people show their actual character. Right. Yeah. Things people you thought were friends turn out to be not, and and people you, who were super quiet and you never really knew much about them, all of a sudden yeah. they're your best friend, right? Because yeah, well, that's yeah. when people come out. Yeah. That's when a guy like TC Minnesota back regiment comes out and starts right. doing that's something. Yeah. I like you know. I mean, it's the crisis is bad, but in my experience, that's when you actually find out who people are. Right, right, and and that's so true. Yeah, we saw true colors like I'd never seen before. And so, yes, did I lose friends? I sure did. Um, I've even um, had family members that have excommunicated me 
um, which is very painful, which is really hard. Um, in the end, did you end up with more friends? Is, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, my, I, we have eight kids, so I still, you know, I have a big family, and so most of my kids still still talk to me, and I love all my kids. And, um, you know, we just have to go forward. And uh, um, I uh, just, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many things I could say. I'm, I'm start, you know, I'm thinking of what I, what I could say here, and then uh, maybe we don't want to get off on that rabbit trail. But so, so I ran for Senate. Um, I was going to run for House and then realized um, against, against my friend. And she, it was funny because she says, well, you're supposed to be friends with me. Why didn't you tell me? You know, why would you just go ahead and run without, you know, first telling me? And I, I don't even remember what I, if I told her this or not. But when I decided to run against her, I was in jail. And it was, I was kind of like, well, have you, you've never been in jail, have you? <laughs> what no. You? Oh, guess what? <laughs> Yeah, then, you you impressed me as like you're the kind of you were the kid that never got in trouble in school, and and when your mom had a problem, you say, "No, Melissa, you really shouldn't do this," and you say, "Tell me why, and tell you why." Oh, oh, okay, yeah, I won't do that again. Right, yeah, like right. like you don't need to go to jail to no. straighten you out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then I decided instead of running for uh, House of Representatives, I decided, and I won't go into all the details of why, um, but for a good reason, I decided to run for Senate against uh, uh, my friend who was um, actually the senator at the time, the sitting senator, um, <laughs> he and his wife been a friend of ours for a wonderful family, Keith, great people. Um, over 30 years, we've been friends. And uh, um, I, I had to, because why? Because it was the right thing to do because his, he votes badly. I mean, I, I, we supported him to get him an office. We did a little tiny bit of campaigning for him and you know, all of that. We, we voted for him, right, two years prior. Um, but because of the redistricting, he had to rerun, and so I ran against him. And um, so, so yeah, it, it was because of the way he voted. And um, facts are facts. When you look at the voting record, mm-hmm. you can't erase the voting record. So so I did not win. Uh, we, we went um, head-to-head. I can say our, our local GOP party, I just want to call them out, too. Um, were very nasty uh, towards me. Uh, absolutely smeared me. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this to our local sheriff, Sheriff Freitag. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, put that name out because I have heard about him. Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there because man, he's you know he's a great guy, but when it came to upholding his oath, he failed 100. percent And yeah, he he cries about all of that, and he's he. he calls me names and smeared me online too. This is a, this is a sheriff, you know, who's supposed to be professional <laughs> and, uh, and, and has taken an oath. And so it's there, like I said, there are so many pieces to this whole story. Um, but, name, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I just going to say, so, so I, w- I made a lot of people really unhappy, the GOP and, you know, some local officials and, um, I, you know, I know our, not, not well, but I know our chief of police and, you know, he also, I mean, it was just his job. He's just doing his job, right? <laughs> that didn't work in the Nuremberg trials. No, sir, it did not. No, sir, it did not. And I'm not even going to laugh at that comment because that's serious. It's, it's serious. Um, yeah, I don't, see, I don't see somebody that is quite at the level of the Nuremberg, but the point is that that is not an excuse. It's, never, it's just my job is not an excuse. It's not, no. Um, no, and they and they and Nuremberg they pro- they went after the big names the people, yeah. and the big names are saying well it's just my not my job well if your job 
if your boss is Hitler and Hitler tells you to do something like just this, I was just doing my job. That don't fly. Right. Those people believe in it to the core. You have we to. Tried, we tried like a lot of folks did, you know, in their in their counties or, or whatever. They tried to educate their sheriffs, you know, um, help them to become a constitutional sheriff and to actually uphold their their oath of office and to protect the God-given rights of the people. And um, there were uh, there were other people that tried to help him and, and help him get educated. There were people that were going to that did offer to pay and all. And this was not just to our sheriff, but sheriffs throughout the state to uh, give them an all-expense-paid trip to uh, to uh, this uh, a course. Uh, it, and I won't go into all the details, but become a constitutional sheriff, you know, to learn this. And um, and there are some of them around. You know, we see some. stories about some of them around. Some of those, you know, took advantage of that, unfortunately. Our sheriff did not. And like I said, he's he's a nice guy. I'm, so is the guy that I ran against, you know. And, and so, are the, so are the people that, you know, that... Uh, well, I won't go any further. You, you can't. Yeah, being a nice guy as yeah. a sheriff is maybe a problem. Like you, you want to be a nice guy to the people who deserve being nice to, and you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But as sheriff, there are people that you do not want to be nice to. And if your attitude is, well, I want everybody to think I'm a nice guy, then you shouldn't be sheriff. Because there's people that you want to think that, like, people from the wrong side are going to think he's a dirtbag. And the sheriff's okay with that. I mean, my sheriff, sheriff in our county has some people that doing doing that. Our county's pretty good. He's pretty good. I voted for him. I think I mentioned it. I'll just do briefly in the to TC. I don't remember if I did, but there was one BLM Antifa protest in my county in Florida. And what they did was at a mall. What they did is they, um, because they promoted it for all these people to go, uh, they shut down the mall. The sheriff went there with like every deputy in our county and some more deputies. And when the group gathered, they just waited. It was supposed to start at 11 or whatever. When 11 o'clock came, the sheriff walked up to the, the leader. They knew who he was because they were promoting it with like 100 sheriffs behind him. And he said, everyone here must leave the pres presence immediately or we're going to arrest you all. And we have enough people here to do it. So your choice. Walk away right now. Don't say a word to me or you're under arrest. Wow. And they meekly walked out. And that was the only protest in my county other than like a couple people held signs on the bridge or something they just let them be but yeah that's that ended black lives matter and antifa pro protests in my whole county it only took one took the yeah. one sheriff willing to stand up like and right. he's not a he's not quite a constitutional sheriff i wouldn't call him that but he's pretty good yeah and and anyway um i was gonna sort of close out uh with um some of your pages so i have the one here i'm gonna put this up um, the give, send, go, which um, to do that it might be a little work if you have the, but you had, you had told me that there's a reason to do this over the GoFundMe one, which you also have. So I do. I have both. So the original that was set up was a GoFundMe because we didn't know about give, send, go, but you know, GoFundMe has taken a lot of, uh, rightfully so, a lot of flack because they have done some pretty sketchy things, some pretty woke things, if you will, um, with, or tried to. Uh, with withholding, like when the truckers were going through uh, Canada and money was coming in to support them, um, I, my understanding is that uh, they they froze those funds and uh, the, and not only in Canada, I believe it was I believe did that not happen in Canada, but also I think in the U.S. And again, I'm sorry, I've not studied this, and it's been recently, it's been a while since I've looked at this, but they did some really sketchy things. Um, Canada uh, is worse. In Canada, the government was able to, you know, take 
people's bank account and, right, and get money right. shut off to GoFundMe and, and confiscate the money. Right, like, right. Canada's worse. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Worse than Minnesota. But this is a good place, you know, for those who want to take the time. And I'll show the GoFundMe one, too. But um, and you know, I'm going to do it this way because I want to learn more about this. And I didn't know. Yeah. Well, give, send, go. I was just going to say. So that's just been set up for a short time. And um, it's, it's. I just noticed on the, the 2021 top activist presented uh, to me. That was really cool. That actually was presented to me, I think, while I was in jail or in trial or something. And uh it was uh, by Action Action for Liberty as uh, a great organization that I'm fully behind, um, and uh, um, because they do actually stand for liberty, uh, they fight for liberties, rights, and freedoms of people, and uh, they actually awarded this to me. Uh, it was really cool to come home to that uh, award after mm-hmm. getting out of jail. I think is when it was, and so. That- that's a, that's the place to get that. That's interesting. <laughs> You're in jail, and they still recognize that. I, I mean, that's I, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, the Henry David Thoreau got something not this big, but Henry David Thoreau got arrested because he refused to pay the poll tax to Massachusetts because they supported the Fugitive Slave Act, and if a, sca- a slave escaped to Massachusetts, they were sending him back to his owner. So he refused to pay his poll tax for that. Seems like a moral position, and they put him in jail when he said. I don't care. I'm not paying it. So he was in jail until they basically got bored. And he was just writing a book and talking to people. He's the kind of guy that is living in the... Anyway, um, that's that's when you got that award. Um, so I'll show the other one, too. So I'm going to look into this one. I didn't know anything about this, so I want everybody to understand. The the, the one thing that I noticed when, she, when Lisa told me this, I'm talking to the people, is that the link for... This page is really long. You can't look at the stream and and memorize it. So that's why in the the little banner at the bottom, I said I said go to the unsafe space webpage. The link's there, and it's in the if you're watching on YouTube or Odyssey or um, Facebook Live and Rumble, uh, it, it'll be in the show notes there. So if that's how you're watching, just click the show notes. The link will be in there. So we created this, the Give, Send, Go. Uh, my son created that uh, just because there are some people that do not want to give to uh, GoFundMe because of their uh, nefarious activity, right? And so we, we had an alternate source, and it, ju- it just worked out this way. So um, you'll see the funds here are quite a lot less than the funds that came in from the Go Send Me, only because the Go Send Me was started far before this one the gift semi uh, uh, was started. And what, what are these funds used for? These funds have been used for uh, legal fees. Uh, the legal fees are incredible, I- incredible uh, cost to doing what we have done. There's no way, Keith, that we could have done it without support from people all over the United States of America. And, and they're, you know, that's people standing up. Um as it says in the declaration, and, and and you know, in this case, we don't have to go quite as far as the founders did, but we pledge our our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor for liberty. So, yes, yeah, and you know, it, it, sending money to Lisa is not really—it's not only sending money so that Lisa doesn't have to sell her house or whatever. Uh, you're supporting liberty in the same way the founders did. So, um, it, it's both. So, and uh, I. Uh, yeah, talk about that more. I'm going to find the GoFundMe one. Yeah, we we and we have legal fees uh, that are still ongoing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's and we're we're pretty much uh, 
you know, my husband and I are not rich people by any means, and I don't even know what that means anymore today. Uh, but uh, we've we've uh, expended all that we can expend, and and so yeah, we still do ask for support for those that are able. And support comes in in you know all different. There you go, forty-seven thousand. Yeah, and that that yeah, forty-seven thousand, and the other was five thousand something, and uh, that doesn't even cover everything. That has not covered everything. I can't even tell you. I mean. At some point, I need to go back, I suppose, uh, and add up, you know, our own personal money, which, again, we didn't have a whole lot of personal money. But uh, what we've what we've had, we've we've gone through. But um, and, and just also not just the finances. And I just want to say this, Keith, I'm, I am so appreciative of people who have sent, um, you know, books and letters and cards um, while I was in jail and before I was in jail and after I was in jail and messages online, uh, emails, whatever. So, um, please feel free to get a hold of me if you'd like. Um, I, did I send you my, did I send you my email? I think you've got my email. Um, if you have an email you want, want in or, a, uh, whatever you do on social media, if you have a Twitter page or something, whatever yeah. links you want. Yeah. Oh, and I'll put them in the show notes. Okay, so I'm on Facebook, um, so people can find me at Stand for Liberty MN on Facebook. Also, I still, uh, I'm you know, personal page is Lisa Han- Lisa McDool Hansen. Um, I, I also have a, the ongoing um, website of StandForLibertyMN.com, and people can message me through that as well. So there's a few different ways that people can can reach out to me, um, and I love to hear from folks and. Um, Love to share my story in other places. If we can educate and get this information out there, make people aware of what's going on and that we do need to stand up. Don't forget what's happened. Don't forget what they've done to us. We've got to keep reminding people of where our country has gone, um, where we're at and it, right now, currently. And we've got to make some big changes. We have to get involved and start turning this ship around. Yeah, I think that's a great end. I might, I might uh, pull that recording out and use it for my regular end of the show. Um, so uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, this is a great story. Um, for anybody in the podcast version or if you didn't catch all that, uh, another place, the best place to get the links is unsafespace.com. Just find the show and it'll all be there. And uh, nobody's censoring this here. If, you know, anybody knows Carter who founded and runs this, uh, He's a security crypto guy. Like, nobody's taken away our webpage. So sometimes we've been promoting Rumble more than YouTube for this reason. Uh, Facebook Live, everybody knows about fascist book. But we stream there. We do get a lot of viewers there. Uh, It should be in the show notes, uh, but I can't promise that. And I definitely can't promise it'll be there four months from now. So unsafespace.com is a a good way. Um, So, yeah, thanks thanks for joining. Um, you already said great final words. I don't even know how to top that. <laughs> I really appreciate you having me on. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thanks for joining. All right. So goodbye, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. This production was made possible through the generous support of our members. To join our community, visit unsafespace.com. Unsafe Space is an online publication for individualists interested in subverting authoritarianism and ushering in the next enlightenment. For biting analysis and nourishing composition, or to sign up for our weekly news brief, The Abstract, visit unsafespace.com.
Thanks for joining us today. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized for distribution on Apple devices. The following co-conspirators are hereby uninvited to Klaus Schwab's winter solstice party. Please be advised that CBS News has paused activity on unsafe space while it continues to assess security. Central Bank Digital Currency is a safe and secure way to protect you from Sam Bankman Freed. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is misinformation. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.